Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. Some of you um, know about 15, 20 years ago, Bill Cosby uh, was appearing in several different contexts talking about uh, the need for black families to be better. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, his message was basically uh, that he wanted to communicate to the, black, the, to the black community and to the world, you know, that black, black families needed to amp it up to get. He talked about the need for young black men, especially, uh, to take responsibility for themselves, uh, to get education, um, stop blaming everybody else for their situation, but to, you know, take responsibility, get, 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 you know, get yourself and pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Um, if you've got kids, take care of them. That was one of his messages. Take care of, you know, take care of the babies that you make. Um, he told black folks to stop calling each other the N word. If you expect all, all the rest of the world to stop calling you the N word, why don't you start? Why don't you stop calling, you know, each other the N word? Um, and this was, you know, this was his message in several different places and some people hated it. Some people hated what he was saying. Uh, they didn't like it. Some people loved it. But love it or hate it, I thought, you know, some of what he was saying was true. I thought, you know, I, I can't, can't say that wasn't true. Then um, he was convicted of some pretty awful crimes against women. Um, if, you know, if we're to believe it's, you know, over many decades, uh, terrible, terrible things. Um, and uh, I, I would say it destroyed his message. I would say it destroyed his message. Um, even if what he was saying was true, nobody wanted to listen to him anymore um, because because of what he what he had done. Um, nobody nobody wanted to believe or listen to what he was saying anymore. I think that in our lives um, we will we will have something that we want to say that's important to us that we want other we're going to want other people to listen to. And whether or not they listen to us depends heavily on what they think of us, what our character is really like. So one example um, for, us, for us parents in the room, um, those of us who are parents, there's going to be a day in our lives where our kids don't have to listen to us anymore. But we're going to want them to. And that's going to depend heavily on what they think of you, what, what your character is. What your character has been while you raised them, um, whether or not they listen to you. Um, and it's just one example. Um, what, what your, what's your character been like? Part of having a voice that people will listen to is being people of character. So 2,000 years ago, um, when the church was first beginning, they had a message that was pretty important, that, that most of us would agree is pretty important. A Jewish guy showed up healing people and forgiving sins, or at least claiming to forgive sins. Um, he made the claim that if you died in your sins and weren't in him, that you, you, would, be, you, would, you would be cast off. Um, he predicted his own death and resurrection and pulled it off. Um, the, he, he said... After he was resurrected, you can be resurrected just like me and never see death. And it was an incredible message um, that was worth talking about. 
As the church was beginning, God called people to share this incredible, important, true message about Christ and salvation that was new to most of the people in the world. And Paul, a a leader in that early church who had seen Jesus resurrected from the dead and been sent directly by Jesus to start churches, um, he had been put in prison for his faith. Uh, This is what he says. He says, I, therefore, the prisoner for the Lord, I, I, the prisoner for the Lord, appeal and beg you to walk, to lead a life worthy of the divine calling to which you have been called with behavior that is a credit to the summons to God's service. Uh, So Jesus, Jesus being the greatest being that ever existed, gave his life for his enemies, sinners, you and me, it's a good story. Your calling and my calling is to live lives that match up to that incredible story, something worthy of it. I, I told some of you guys a few weeks ago that I, I was reading The Hiding Place by Corey Timboom, and it's just a life story. It's just this great story. It's so powerful. After she gets out of concentration camps, she tries to live a life worthy of what she's been through. Imagine if we would try to live a life worthy of what her story is or whoever your favorite biology, you know, the biography, when you read a biography and you're inspired by live a life worthy of that. There's no greater biography than the biography of Jesus Christ. Live a life worthy of that story. Live a life worthy of that story. So that when you tell the story of Jesus Christ, when you tell the love story of Jesus Christ, the greatness of the way that you live matches the greatness of his story. And, and, and like Chris and Johannes were singing just this morning, you could be like, this is our God. In your words, when you talk about it, but when you're walking around, you could say, this is our God. This is what he looks like. This is what this is about. This is what this is about. In, in fact, this, I mean, I'm glad Penny prayed for us because God knows I need it. In fact, this is how you, you and your leader should live. Listen to this. An elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer manages God's household, he must not, I mean, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught. Do you understand? Do you understand why this is so important? Do you understand why this is so important that, that, that we live this out? It's not just so people think that we're nice. Boy, those Christians, they sure are nice. Um, a, a, a Jesus follower must share with their mouths what's true about Jesus and share what's true about Christ with their lives. And you must strive to be blameless in all the ways that we just read about and hold firmly to the truth, that true message, so that we can encourage others by the truth and stand up to people who oppose it. And I guess I wonder if you're open to doing that. And most of us are not, honestly. Most of us are not. We don't even want to think about it. Most of us are not. Um, living blamelessly is hard. 
The truth is hard. Um, the truth is hard to hear. The truth is hard to tell. The truth is hard to accept. Um, it, it, it is, it is, the truth is often hard. But you, do you know what makes the truth a bit easier to accept? Here's, here's the thing that makes the truth a bit easier to accept. When a person who's living blamelessly is the one telling the truth. Are you open to that? Not perfect. When a person who's living blamelessly is the one telling the truth, it's a lot easier to be like, yeah, I can, I can get on board with that. You've got to stand up for the truth and then honor people who oppose you. As humans, we have a hard time with this. Um, when someone opposes our opinion, we, we, we take that as an excuse to treat that person poorly. Um, and, 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 but this is where character comes in. This is where blamelessness comes in. You can oppose me and I will be in character. The character of Christ. And it's so important if we want people to listen to us. So a man, a man named Titus has helped Paul start a series of churches where uh, they've told the truth about who Jesus is, but people are starting to prop, crop up opposing them. Um, they're, they're, they're starting to crop up and, and, they're, and they're standing up to them and, and it's causing trouble in the church. And this, listen, listen, this is what it was like. So for there were many rebellious people full of meaningless talk and deception, especially those of the circumcision group, they must be silenced because they are disrupting whole households by teaching things they ought not teach. And that for the sake of dishonest gain. One of Crete's own prophets has said it. Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. This saying is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply so that they will be sound in the faith and will pay no attention to Jewish myths or the merely human commands of those who reject the truth. To the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. They claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. Very harsh. So we've talked about the, the book of Titus. It's actually a letter um, written by the Apostle Paul. He sends to his true son in the faith, Titus. Titus is on an island called Crete, um, trying to make some new churches work, trying to set out some, trying to set out, this is how, how things are going to work. And these verses lay out who he's working with, who he's coming against who he's got to deal with. And, and, and there, there are some people living on the island of Crete who are probably Jewish, who've heard Paul's preaching. They heard Paul show up. Paul was on the island. He said, listen, Christ is it. Christ is everything. Christ is, is life. He introduced them to Christ and told them how to live. And he said, if you don't believe in Christ, you're going to die in your sins. And, and that means separation from God. Then Paul leaves. And after Paul leaves, some Jewish Cretans are slipping in, listen, you know, telling everyone a little bit different story. It says, if you really want to go to heaven, you've got to be circumcised. Or if you really want to follow Jesus, you've got to follow all these dietary rules too. And if you really want to follow Jesus, you need to do what we say. I know we know what Paul said, but we've got a couple of things that we want to add to what Paul said. And they're completely ignoring, they're completely ignoring what Paul said about Christ alone will save you. They didn't really like that. And they're powerful leaders. 
and people are listening to them and leaning in and they're leading people away from Christ and it could destroy the church if they're not stopped. So Paul literally says, they must be silenced because they're disrupting whole households by teaching things they, they shouldn't teach. They shouldn't teach. Have you ever tried to silence someone who doesn't want to be silenced? Like even a three-year-old, like trying to, try to silence, like you're at the movies or you're at a restaurant or you're on the airplane, trying to silence a three-year-old is, is impossible, right? So what about trying to silence an adult? I, 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 when I read this, I'm like, what kind of job is Paul trying to give to Titus? This, this sounds like an impossible job. And, and maybe those of you guys who've been in church long enough, maybe you've been a part of a church where, where there's a person or a group of people trying to silence another group of people at church. How's that go? It goes, it, it goes awful, right? It's like, a, it's like a nightmare. These, these verses trouble me so much. I understand that they're, you know, they're leading people away from Christ and they need to be silenced. But my question is, how, uh, what do you want me? How am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to do that? How are we supposed to do that as, as Jesus followers? What, what, what are we asking for? Listen to this. One of Crete's own prophets said it. Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. This saying is true. So, Again, if you've, if you've been reading Titus, you've been paying attention. This verse makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> when I read it, um, it, it, it sounds prejudiced. Uh, it gives me the... He, he, he starts, Cretans are always liars. This is true. Always? <laughs> really? I think what he's saying is this. People who live on the, on the island of Crete, They've got a reputation for being savage. I, I'm from Ann Arbor, and um, I love it. Love Ann Arbor. But it would be like if I said, you know, people from Ann Arbor are overeducated, liberal, self-righteous. And certainly not everyone is. But Ann Arbor has a reputation for that. Paul's quoting a Cretan when he says, hey, these guys are lying bullies who just walk around wanting to eat, do whatever they want, and they, 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 they eat whatever they want, and they're just, they're just jerks. So when we look back at historical sources, we see Paul's right. Um, Cretans had a, a reputation for loving money. Um, a, a historian named uh, Polybius said this. He said, Cretans loved money and their lust for wealth is so great that they are the only people in the world in whose eyes no gain is disgraceful. So there's a reputation for as long as we're gaining, it doesn't matter how we gain it. During the first century um, BC, Crete became a famous uh, housing place for robbers and pirates. A respected Roman scholar um, named Cicero stated this. He said, the Cretans consider piracy and brigandage honorable. And brigandage is, is, a, is a life of, of gang robbery. Like people, a group of people would get together and they would agree, hey, we're going to kind of hide out on these roads. And when people came down those roads, they would... So these are the kinds of people that uh, Paul and Titus are starting churches with. 
And that's who they're dealing with. And so this is why Titus, has, he has to, has to, has to find leaders in that context who he can say, these guys are blameless. Look at these guys. They've got to be able to, to step up and say, listen, follow me as I follow Christ. And if Titus doesn't stop the spread of the opponent's teaching, the people's personal faith will be affected. And they, they've got to be stopped. And they've got to be silenced. But how? This is how. This is how. This is how. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. They claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny them. They're detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything. This, this is how you silence them. This is how you silence them. People who claim to know God, but, but don't, will eventually show themselves. They will show themselves. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. So people, people um, who, are, who are self-righteous and so up in your face about how wrong you are will eventually show their true colors. They'll show they don't really care about people. People who are saying that they love, love Jesus, but don't love people. People, Paul is saying, despite the fact that these guys claim to know God, their lives prove that they do not. And all their rule keeping and circumcising is just uh, an appearance of religiousness, but their behavior tells you who they really are. And their test was their lifestyle. And they failed because they were idolaters and disobedient to the commands of God. And the, the people who were opposing Titus failed to hide their true nature. And, and again, you can only hide your true nature for so long, right? This is a huge part of how Titus silences these guys. Teach the truth and let your life speak. Teach the truth with your words and let your life say it. There were people out there um, who hated what Bill Cosby was saying. Hated it. They wanted to silence him. But they couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't. But do you know what silenced him? Prison. Prison silenced him, right? The Apostle Paul wrote like many letters from prison and the fact that he was in prison made it even better. He leveraged it. He said, check it out. I'm a prisoner for God. So why don't you be that too? Even though you're on the outside and I'm on the inside, you be a prisoner. The, the fact that he was in prison made him louder. There's lots of people who get sent to prison and don't get silenced. Now, Bill Cosby wasn't silenced because he went to prison. He silenced himself because of his own life. He was telling people to live one way, but it didn't match, and it silenced him. And even though much of what he said was true, nobody wants to hear what he, nobody wants to hear what he has to say. No one wants to watch his shows or listen to his voice or even see his face. Titus and Paul have truth on their side. And they say, here's what we need. Here's what we need. We need leaders to tell their truth. And then I want you to do me a favor. Back it up with your lives. Show me with your life. Show them how to love their enemies. Show them. 
Show them how to be selfless with their money. Show them how to be in difficult situations and not be angry. Be slow to anger. Nobody finds you out in the street drunk. Violence is not your way. Show them. Show them. And the reason why Paul and Titus' opponents are unfit for doing anything good is because nobody listens Nobody, none of us listen to people who say be good and then act like jerks. None of us listen to people like that. So this happens in the media all the time. When somebody stands up and they say, here's who you should be, or this is what we want to be about, or this is, and then when the media gets footage of them doing whack stuff, they can silence you. Or they can at least make it so nobody wants to listen. This, this is why it's so very urgent that you and I take this list that Paul wrote 2,000 years ago and we strive to become it, that it's our ideal, that we say, I'm going to become it if I have to die doing it, I am going to become it. It gives us moral authority to tell the truth that people do not want to hear, that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and if we live blamelessly. It's harder to oppose that truth. It is more than being nice. It is being blameless. And, and again, I'm terrified to even think about saying that I, I'm going to be blameless. That's, the, that's, that's, what, that's, what we're, that's what we're called to. That's what we're called to. And when we're not, and when we are not, we are hurting the cause of Christ. We hurt the message of Christ when our lives don't match our words. The same way Bill Cosby hurt his message by having this whole backstory of awfulness. And when it came out, it hurt his message. So when we are cruel to people who oppose us on social media, you are hurting the cause of Christ. When we are self-righteous about how good we are and make no effort to understand where other people are coming from, you are hurting the cause of Christ. When you assume the worst about people, your enemies, we are hurting the cause of Christ. We hurt the cause of Christ and we are not blameless. There, there are people in our culture who, who cannot wait. They are on the edge of their seat waiting for us to do whack stuff. So they're going to see, I told you, look at him. See, they don't really love Jesus. They're not about what he was about. Look at him. They, they can't wait for us to do it. And we, we give it to them. Like, Here you go. I'm begging you. And this is, this is for us. Live a life worthy the calling, the high calling of Christ. Live a life that matches it. Live a life that matches it so that when people look at our lives, no one can oppose us. Not based on how we live. Not based on how that 
is how you silence the opponents of Christ. By loving them and living up to the high calling he has called us to. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Every day, every day when I get up, I am terrified I will do something that will hurt the cause of Christ. Every day. And, it, and the terrifying thing about it is that if I live like a normal person lives, like whatever, to 80, I've got like 35 more years of trying to keep it together. Every day. Every day that I would say something I shouldn't, that I'll cheat on my wife, that I'll get caught in a lie, that I'll, I'll be greedy for gain or fame or And the only thing that saves me is Christ. He is my daily, daily, daily bread. This is why when Christ, he tells him how to pray, he says, he says, give us our daily bread because we need it one day at a time because I need you today and I'm going to need you tomorrow. And if he gave it to you all at once, I might forget. But if I get up this morning and I've got a holy fear I've got a holy fear of doing something that will hurt the cause of Christ, then I know. I know I need my daily bread. I know I need him every hour. So listen, in a few minutes, we're going to take communion together as a church family. And uh, it's a time where we eat and drink uh, some, a couple things to remember the, the the death of Christ, um, the resurrection until he comes back. Um, so if you're, um, if you're here with us in person, then there, there are some communion elements or there are things that you can get out there in the middle table. Um, love for you to participate with us. If you're at home and you don't have those things, love for you to get a, p- a piece of bread and some water, whatever. What's most important is that you remember. You, you, you pause and you remember. We have the most important message that ever was. The greatest story ever told. We have, we've been trusted with that message. We've been trusted with that message. And the world must hear it. They will not hear it if we are not committed to living blamelessly. Ask Christ to help you to do that so that the world will hear the message about Christ. Let's pray together. Dear Father, there are many people who oppose the message of Christ. And the truth is, in, in ourselves, there is nothing that we're going to be able to do to silence them. The only, only hope we have is to live lives of blameless holiness before this world. Not perfect. To acknowledge we're not going to be perfect but we will be blameless by the power of Christ. We will be, we will be, and we won't be like, well, I'm going to try. No, we're not going to try. We freaking will be because the message is that important. It is that urgent that we live that way. I pray that you would give us the grace 
to live that way, that we would trust you daily, that you would be our daily bread, not, not weekly bread, not a Sunday, not the Sunday bread, the, the daily bread, so that we never do anything that would hurt the cause of Christ, that would, that would make your name look silly. We would never do anything. We would never say anything, whether we're at work or with friends or at the bar or at the store or or on social media, that we would never do anything that you would have to be putting your head down, hiding your eyes from, embarrassed of. Help us to live blamelessly and help us to recommit to that now as we, we take communion together. We want to live lives that honor you. So that when we get to the end of our life, we'll be able to say, I finished everything he had given me to do on this earth. To you be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information on our church, visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com.